Hey everybody, Dexter Guff here, and welcome to another episode of Dexter Guff is Smarter Than You, the self-help podcast where I am doing my damnedest uh, to give you my tips and tricks of the trade so that you can crush it and live your very best life. Um, starting today off on a bit of a somber note, um, a lot of you know Tammy, uh, my producer, and and importantly, uh, speaking as well, my friend, uh, Tammy, uh, had a very difficult week uh, last week. She lost her horse, Clover. Uh, I mean, she didn't lose it. It died. Or, well, she shot it. Well, it broke its leg uh, in the dressage ring, and then Tammy killed it, or she had to shoot it, not in one shot. You know, it was about seven shots. It just, you know, you've got you've to hit the right spot. Anyways, Tammy shot Clover uh, to put Clover out of, out of her misery, and, and she did. And, and that was very sad for Tammy, uh, very sad for all of us, uh, sad for Clover, really. But then uh, Tammy said uh, that it was very important to her uh, that Clover be cremated. Um, well, as you can imagine, uh, cremating a horse that size, yikes, very expensive. Uh, so with cost in the forefront of her mind, uh, Tammy undertook the act of cremating uh, this a large gelding um, herself in her backyard. Uh, she stacked up. I, I believe, what was that? A red oak? Yeah. Okay. So it was some red oak that she, you know, uh, piled uh, high and then put clover uh, on top of that wood and then did the laborious work of trying to ignite that horse. Um, very difficult, actually. I was there. I mean, the tail and mane caught quickly. But then tra- trying to get that body uh, to catch fire. Good Lord. It, it took a while. It took a fair bit of gas, uh, a little bit of butane, and we were trying it all. I just trying to get this horse lit. Um, anyways, it finally did. And I'll tell you this much, when that horse finally did catch fire, good God, whether it's the oil in that meat or what it is, but it was just a, like a 4,000 pound grease fire and, and the winds were up, you know, this is Calabasas where Tammy lives and, and the, the wind sort of took that flame and sadly caught her, her shed on fire as well. So a very sad day for Tammy to lose uh, both uh, her horse, Clover, and then of course that shed, her family shed. And now it's just sort of that a very difficult work of of separating the ashes of, you know, well, is this horse or is this shed? Um, you know, this is haunch and this is, I think this is, this may be part of a lawnmower. Um, I can tell you right now, even as I look at Tammy, this is a very difficult thing for Tammy to, to hear me try to nimbly navigate telling uh, respectfully about how she shot her horse and then lit it on fire in her backyard and burned down her shed. Okay, so let's do the show, Tammy. I know this is difficult, so I don't want to dwell on this any longer. I think I touched on it very, very, very respectfully, and I'm glad I did that. Uh, so let's uh, play the music, please, Tammy. Tammy. Oh, get it together. It's just a horse, for God's sakes. Play the music. Let's do this. D. This is going to be fun. I dare you to listen. It's time. E. On your mental treadmill, what takes priority? Your goals or your dreams? Dexter Cup. X. Technology. Entertainment. Design. Throw that out the window. That's old news. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Come on now. What was your biggest failure? No, no, no. Let me guess. I don't think you're ready. I'm Dexter Guff, and I'm smarter than you. 
Okay, everybody, uh, I'm feeling good now. Uh, certainly much uh, better than it would appear Tammy does. And I'm again, Tammy, so sorry. Uh, she is pulling it together with some tissues and very difficult time for Tammy. Uh, but regardless, we do have to do the show today. And I'm excited that we're doing it because uh, today's guest, uh, my feature interview is with Dr. Justin Schubert. Uh, Dr. Schubert is a licensed psychotherapist uh, here in Los Angeles, and he will be joining me in studio shortly uh, to dissect my brain, uh, to get inside my thought pot, uh, see what's going on, uh, to kind of peel back the layers of my onion, uh, to look at that center bulb. Uh, hopefully that will be something helpful for you in trying to figure out how your brain works. So uh, Dr. Schubert will join me shortly, a uh, licensed psychotherapist, to share with us his thoughts on the human mind. Now, before we do that, won't you join me as we walk hand in hand into the Thought Palace for today's Thought Release. Take a breath with me. And then let it out. I want to talk to you about something today that is so important to me. And if it's important to me, it should be important to you. Because what I'm about to talk to you about is the most mystical element of the human experience. Of course, I'm talking about dreams. And more importantly, the power of our dreams. Personal story. I had a dream, a recurring dream, that a large buzzard mascot with dollar signs for eyes was spitting food into my mouth as I knelt below him with my jaw agape. What did it mean? Why was I having this dream? For a week. It was one morning that I realized this dream is trying to tell me something. It's trying to tell me that I'm hungry. That I'm hungry for knowledge. And when I realized that, I said to myself, Dexter, what knowledge are you hungry for? And that's when I realized, holy shit, I don't understand how crypto works. That day, I spent the entire day on Google trying to understand crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain, mining. Do I know any more about it? Not really. I don't think that anybody does. But the point is, I tried. And once I tried, that dream served its purpose and I set it free. Think of your dreams like online pop-up ads or ads on Facebook. They're only there because you've asked for them. They're cookies saved in your mental browser, and they will follow you everywhere you go until you click on them. Here's an exercise. When you wake up, give a list of your dreams and what you think they're trying to tell you. I made a list of my dreams recently, and they showed me themes and images that are trying to tell me what's actually going right and wrong in my own life. Dream number one. It was an awful nightmare. I kept on having it where I was a penguin on the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. I was complicit. There was nothing I could do but watch that magnificent ship go down. What was it trying to tell me? I solved it. I figured it out. It was telling me that I'm too worried about other people. So I've had to take a break away from the news. For how long? Who knows? Uh, maybe a year. I mean, I I'm going to start after the NBA finals are done, but, but that's my plan. That's what I'm doing. In another dream, I'm running in the New York Marathon with scissors in my hands. Think about that. 
something we were told never to do. And I'm doing it for a marathon, and those scissors are pointed upwards. And to make matters worse, I'm tripping over my untamable laces. So what was that dream trying to tell me? First of all, oh yeah, I'm a risk taker, big time. I run marathons with scissors in my hands. But it was also trying to tell me that I'm being tied down and tripped up by notions of fear. So on Sunday, I went shirtless to a party. I didn't care. I wasn't scared to show off my body. I didn't care what people thought or said. I just knew I had to face the fear of going shirtless to a dinner party. And that's what I did. In fact, I got a rush from it. Oh yeah, you know I did. I got a rush from breaking that shirt rule. Here's a little secret. One time, I flew to China without knowing that I had a little bit of old cocaine in my bag until about halfway through the flight. And when I realized that, oh man, what a rush to know. I was staring fear in the face and breaking those rules by flying with coke. Dream three. Last night, I dreamed I was building a house in the mountains in the most beautiful spot I'd ever seen, surrounded by red oak. I wonder if that's because of Clover. Regardless, in this dream, I became romantic with a woman who was actually a wild panther. And what that dream told me is that I am meant to love somebody exotic. Now, is that Tammy's cousin, Pammy? Probably not, uh, but she does ride a motorcycle. Uh, one of those huge trikes, you know, pretty cool, three-wheeler. So that is pretty exotic. Could be Tammy's cousin, Pammy. <sighs> I don't know. I just need to get that note back. Regardless, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to solve all of your dreams messaging. I do have one recurring dream that still remains a mystery. It's about a train full of family and friends that passes me by while I'm standing on the platform. I may never solve this mysterious haunt, but I do know it's trying to tell me something. Because our dreams are trying to tell us something. Your dreams are the most powerful and helpful ads your brain will ever see. So click on them. And if you don't like what's coming up, then change your algorithm. Hack into your mainframe, your brain frame, and change some inputs. Maybe it's through a vision board. Maybe it's through analyzing your lists or making different patterns in your daily behavior so that you can manipulate your dreams into dreaming the dreams you dream about dreaming. Whatever it is, remember, they're the output from your brain bank. So you take that dream money, stick it in your life wallet, and save it for a rainy day or a brainy day and invest in yourself. And that is today's thought release. I am very excited uh, for today's feature interview because today we are going to dissect the human brain. Dr. Justin Schubert is a licensed psychotherapist here in Los Angeles, California, who specializes in helping his clients overcome any range of psychological issues. Dr. Schubert, welcome to Dexter Guff is Smarter Than You. 
Thank you very much. It is an absolute pleasure to sit here. And I can tell you right now, uh, I can see it in your eyes. You can't wait to get in my brain. <laughs> okay. Yes. Are you already in it? Because is that how this works? No, I'm not in it yet. Okay, well, you give me the heads up, because I want to make some space up there for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so how does this work? What does a psychotherapist do? Uh, well, the majority of my day is spent seeing patients. So I, yeah. I usually sit with a patient, usually individuals, but sometimes couples. Do you ever have to restrain them? Like you've got, you've, it's sort of like, I'm thinking about that movie, um, who was the one with the fava beans and he had that, um, Anthony Hopkins. It's not like that. You know, okay. I work in a private practice setting. I'm okay, not a so hospital. It, so, okay. So it yeah. would be very, wouldn't be too many opportunities to have someone like that come into a private practice. Um, but you're working with people on what? Well, people come in for various reasons. Some people come in for depression, feelings of depression. Some right. people come in after a significant loss. Sure. Some people come in struggling with anxiety. Oh, my gosh. You know, even all of these situations, you know, somebody that uh, may be delusional, somebody that, uh, you know, may be anxious, somebody that may be depressed. You know, it's, it's so hard for me because, of course, here I am uh, crushing it. And, and sitting up on my pedestal, and I'm just, you know, I'm just blessed with, uh, with the brain that I have. And, 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 and so it just, I do feel uh, for that. And I, and I, it's just, it's, I, man, man, what would it be like to feel depressed? Uh, you know, the one thing I, I learned the more I do this is that, uh, no one doesn't feel emotional pain or distress. Hmm. Everybody has felt depressed at moments or anxious at moments. Uh, no, come on, you're kidding me on that. No, is that not something you relate to? I don't think, I don't. Tammy, have you ever seen me depressed? Don't answer now, but uh, think on that and, and let me know later. I don't think so. You never felt kind of sad after a loss or a breakup mm, or... I guess I did move back in with my parents, uh... This past year. That sounds very depressing. <sighs> That's Bakersfield for you. Anyways, I, I don't want to. I don't want to dredge up uh, that stuff because really, <laughs> we're not here to talk about a period of time in my life where I uh, touched on some a level of depression. But but what I'd rather talk about is just the unique powers of my brain, and and, and how uh, you can get in there and share. Uh, with my audience, uh, what it is that makes DGuff a tick? What it is that makes me crush it uh, in a way that's almost incomprehensible uh, to most people at first blush? What do you see here? What are you seeing in front of you? And, and, I'm, and if you're listening at home, just a pen and paper now is probably what you'd want to have handy. Um, there's a lot going on here. There is. There is. It's, I'm firing on a lot of cylinders. I don't even know how many cylinders you'd say would be in a brain like mine. And it's probably not even how it's measured, is it? <laughs> probably not. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I well don't let, like, let me yeah. ask you something. Okay. If you were to be forced right. to go to psychotherapy. Oh, my gosh. What would you want to talk about? <laughs> forced. Uh, first of all, the first question out of my mouth is, you know, like how much green is on the back end of being a psychotherapist? Like that would be probably huh. my first angle would be sort of like, okay, let's, let's compare bank accounts for a second. <laughs> let's just get a measure of, you know, where we're at here right. with what we're doing. Uh, so you'd be measuring worth based on financial success. It would be a good, um, a, a good guidepost. Uh, I would say, yes, 
Uh, I'll double down on that. I'll double yes on that because mm-hmm. I think that's right. Is it right? Actually, I think probably if you're measuring worth by financial success, you're susceptible to a lot of hardship in your life. Right. Unless you've got deep, deep pockets. Then it's kind of like, now mm-hmm. hold on. Uh, you're, you've made it on easy street. You know, you're the guy in the Bentley with the mini fridge and you're pulling out the Coronas because you don't even care if you get a ticket. <laughs> I think uh, one way people often measure their life is by how rewarding and enriching their relationships are. Right. Well, certainly that's interesting. Um, and I, okay, so this is, so relationships have some bearing in what you do. They do. Yeah. Primary. I mean, it's, mm. it's really, uh, a reason why most people probably come in in some form or another. I'd like to ask you a couple more questions um, about um, relationships. Um, uh, here's a weird one for you, and this and this is actually a personal story. Uh, so I and I'll I'll share this of myself because uh, it's personal. Uh, I have been on two dates with Tammy's cousin. Uh, thought they went very well. Uh, both of them were at the Grove. Uh, had a great time. Um, and then I got radio silence. Uh, we haven't spoken, uh, since, uh, either of these dates, uh, both dates at the Grove, uh, crushed it, uh, held hands, uh, at least, at least on one of the dates. Well, maybe it was more, I may have, you know, uh, just tried to grab her hand for a second to get her out of the way of that trolley, hmm. uh, at the Grove. Uh, but, but, but then radio silence, does that make sense? Where did she go wrong? Is it possible you didn't crush it as much as you feel you did? Uh, well, this, I don't know, but I sent her a note. Okay, um, what did it say? Through Tammy, that it was, a sim- it was a simple note. It was it was just two questions. It was two boxes. You tick one or the other. It was a yes or no <laughs> a note. Uh, and then and I, that I gave to Tammy to-, to So the kind of thing that elementary school kids would give to each other. I, I think it's, uh, let's, I wouldn't even put age on this. This is sort it's of- usually that. for young kids, that kind of well, thing. Well, but this was, we t- there was no box, there were two boxes and one was, well, a young kid isn't going to say, you know, yes or no, or we, do you want to go to second base? Well, <laughs> that's actually exactly what young kids might say. Because that's what I, well, that's what I yeah, wrote. Right. So, and I, and I think I do have How the old is this woman? Uh, uh, t- Pammy? How old's Pammy? <laughs> It's 42. Okay. So 42. So, so but she might require you to be a little bit more mature. I'm not sure. I wouldn't know because she didn't give the note back. So I don't know which box well, she e- would have Even checked. the note. And it's, I mean, how about yeah. Colin? <sighs> My God. Does it make you nervous? To, what, to, 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 to call Pam? I just. You know, it's hard to be vulnerable in the dating world. Oh, I feel for people that can't do it. Me too. I just feel horrible for those people that just can't can't be vulnerable. Call exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was. Well, or or no. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I'm saying okay, but so you're saying you don't think I should give her one more try with this note? Why don't I call her, leave a message, just tick the damn box so I know? Are we are we on the same page? Do you want to go to second base or are we just better left? The other thing is, I, I might assume that if she wanted to hang out again. She'd be in touch. But we know what assumptions do. Well, I I guess. You assume, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is one of those horrible scenarios where you, when you assume you make, you know, an ass out of, out of you and me. Yeah. 
And so, and that's, and this is, is one professional to another. We can't assume. We can never assume. Okay. We can never assume. She could be dead. And I hope that she's not. But what I'm saying is we don't know. God, I hope Pammy's not dead. Is, is that the, uh, the most likely option? I doubt it. Yeah. But it certainly is one of the options. Mm-hmm. And so we can't remove any using the scientific method. Uh, another option might be yeah. she's just not that into you. Interesting. Dr. Schubert, we've had an incredible conversation. Um, I've learned a lot about you. Um, you've made some tough assumptions. Hmm. I caught you a couple times on that. It's okay. I get it. Uh, you're in the hot seat. Um, but just kind of having spent this time together, what's the takeaway for you about my thought pot? Um, about how the mind of Dexter Guff works, about um, my wonder dome. What does science have to say to explain just the unique powers that my brain has? I'm struck by almost a delusional quality. In yourself? Well, in what I'm noticing in you today. Interesting. Uh, Very cool. The separation between a party that's reaching out for help. Okay. And another part that just will not Except that. It feels to me like I may be uh, putting a voice, an empathetic voice to my listeners who are looking for help. And then, of course, the other part, I need to protect myself uh, from, from asking for help. Because, of course, I'm the person here to help those looking for it. You know uh, what Brene Brown says? Vulnerability is... Um generative you know if maybe if you let your listeners know about the parts of you that want and need help they'd feel more comfortable getting it themselves is Brene brown a soul singer she's a therapist who talks a lot about vulnerability so she okay no no musical background interesting um okay so this is so that's a pot that's a possibility but again we can't assume um would you say on a scale of one to 10, as far as brain power, where would I be on that? Seven. Can I just get you to say every number from one to 10? Just the numbers. One, two, three. I don't one, think so. Two. No. Um, high five. Actually, let's do two hands. What do you call that? <clears throat> Well, this has been a great conversation. I certainly do appreciate your time. Uh, and I would say, uh, given what transpired here, this would be a pretty good read in a medical journal. I don't think so. Well, we can agree to disagree. Okay. I think I'll have some nice uh, light reading to do this summer. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you Dr. for Justin having Justin Schubert. Thank you. Okay, well, uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened there, what transpired. Uh, Obviously, the good doctor uh, tried to crack into my nut and probably got a nut meat he wasn't expecting. Uh, Sometimes happens. You crack into one nut and you don't know what's inside. Uh, That's that's not almond. Uh, I do know the the good doctor learned something. Uh, Never assume. Uh, That's a big one. Something that'll probably stick with him for uh, months to come. Uh, Anyways, my dear, dear listener, thank you as always for joining me on this journey. 
Uh, but let's keep walking together and talking together. And how I mean that is find me on social, uh, at DexGuff on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find me on my website, uh, DexterGuffBand.com. Give me a call on my 1-800-LINE, 1-800-JOY-DEXTER. You know I love hearing from you, uh, and you may be on the show uh, with your message. And hey, if you're cruising by Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, chuck me up a five-star. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's get this show trending. Until next week. Have a great rest of your week. Remember, pay attention to your dreams. A huge dream episode uh, this was. So pay attention to uh, what is happening in your cerebellum when you are getting those Zs. Uh, What are you dreaming of? Let me know. Uh, Hit me up. Let me find out. Uh, Have a great rest of your week. D-Guff, I am out of here. (laughs) 